You're listening to Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help Deer Creek Church think and act faithfully in a changing world. Deer Creek Church, we're excited to have you on another edition of Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help you think and act faithfully in a changing world. Today, we are asking the question, what is God like? In 2007, author author Christopher Hitchens wrote the book, God is Not Great. In that book, Hitchens claimed that belief in God and the Bible actually make the world worse. If there were no belief in God, Hitchens said that the world would have less evil, violence, racism, and hate. Those are strong opinions, especially when we consider that roughly 80% of people in the United States believe in God. But what kind of God do people in the United States believe in? Statistics on typical beliefs in God are interesting. One survey suggests that most Americans who believe in God hold views about God that run counter to the teachings of Scripture. For example, the Bible is clear that God is unchanging. He's perfect in himself and doesn't grow in knowledge or grow in compassion. God does not lose power or information. He's always been perfect and cannot change. Malachi 3, 6, For I, the Lord, do not change. James 1, 17 states, In God there is no variation or shadow due to change. Yet, in a 2022 survey of Americans, over 50% of Americans said that they believe God is subject to change. Likewise, even though the Bible is clear that Jesus is truly God, over 60% of Americans either disagree or are unsure about Jesus' divinity. So suffice it to say, as disciples of Jesus, we want to better understand what Scripture says about what God is like. My name is Daniel. I am joined by Aaron Ellis again, Chad Donahoe, Tim Ringquist. All of us are on staff at Deer Creek Church. Guys, uh, just maybe float this question out to you. Suppose someone asks you this question, what is God like? How would you answer? A good way to get at this, I would say, would be to look at his attributes. So let's discuss Mm -hmm. God's attributes. Mm -hmm. So just like you would describe a person, right? That's what you mean by attributes. Like you have certain attributes, right? Like, so when I think of you, Chad, I think this is a wise person or a, you know, a personable person, extroverted person, a competitive person, even though you lose in a lot of competitions, at least when we're competing against each other. Oh, don't go there. Uh Don't go there. (laughs) Those attributes, if we talk about those attributes, we say, hey, those describe Chad's character. They describe who Chad is. That's how we talk about God as well. We talk about his attributes. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says this. uh, um, It asks the question, what is God? And it actually gives us some guidance here. It says this. The answer is, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. So the story behind that is that all of these attributes, they're pulled from Scripture. So this is not necessarily a comprehensive list of God's attributes, and or neither is it a full and complete picture of what God is like, but it is a start for sure. It's, it's, it's a good launching point describing uh, who God is. Yeah, and that definition, it actually came from uh, when they were making the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism. This was actually a prayer that one of the pastors who was helping write it, he got up and he just started praying to God, and he described God's in, God in these terms. You know, He said, God, 
who is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable, and is being power, wisdom, justice, goodness, holiness, and truth. It's kind of a cool story. So, um, but I digress. Okay. So to answer the question, what is God like? We're asking, what's his character? What are his attributes? And Aaron, you read that quotation from the catechism. Can you, can you read that again one more time? Cause I think that's really helpful to just slow down and take all those in. Yeah. So answering the question, what is God? God is spirit. He got, sorry, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Okay, so why don't we break that one down and just go the first half and the second half? So maybe we start with just the first half mm-hmm. of that definition of God. Yeah, well, that, that's good. Yeah, first half of that dish, definition, you know, look at that first side of the coin. They're really big, meaty words here, right? God is infinite, eternal, unchangeable. If you wanted to expand on these a bit, you could say God is immense, he's independent, all of those attributes, those are describing ways in which God is not like us. So just just look at two of those, right? He's infinite, which means God has no limits. We're, we as human beings, we're bound by space, we're bound by time, we have limited energy, we have limited power, but God isn't limited by any of those things. He's infinite, so he has no limits. Um, you know, you think of God not being limited in his power. We have some power. We're able to do a lot of things as human beings, but there's nothing God can't do within his will. So you think of a human being, right? We, we strike a match. We don't have the power to just speak and tell that match to stop burning. It'll either burn out on its own or we're going to have to do something else. We, but God is so unbound, he's so infinite, that he can create change simply by speaking or willing it to be so. So that's a good example of what it means that God is, you know, infinite, boundless. And beyond just being infinite, he's he's also eternal, which means there's no time when God didn't exist. I, I sometimes um, try and talk through these things with my, my children. I have four young children. And uh, there's actually a great resource that we have here at the church that we give away to families that are part of Deer Creek for free called Theology. And it's a children's book. I get most of my theology from children's books. Yes, you do. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's an interesting one uh, page where it talks about this in a way that kids can understand. And, and I, I think it's really helpful. So it's called um, God Always Was and Always Will Be. And this is how it's stated for kids to understand. Oak, oak trees sprout from acorns and toads begin as tadpoles, but God never had a beginning. When you look at a photo of yourself that was taken years ago, you can see how much you've grown and changed. But there was never a time when God was smaller or younger. God is the same today as he was yesterday, and God will be the same tomorrow. The day ends when the clock strikes 12. The race ends at the finish line, but God will never end. God has always lived, and he will always live That means that God is eternal. No matter how far you think back in the distant past, God has always lived. No matter how far you think ahead in the distant future, God will always be there. In fact, this is not in the book, but God created time. Mm -hmm. He never was not. There never was a time when God did not exist. It's mm-hmm. again these concepts it's are hard to, big. Yeah. They're hard to wrap your minds around because they're 
They're incommunicable. They're ones that we don't share. Mm-hmm. We all had a beginning, but God never did. That's what mean. That's what it means when it says He's eternal. Yeah, infinite, eternal, unchangeable. You almost yeah. You can't get your mind around Him because we're just not like that. God's not like us. So yeah, just going to be difficult for us to grasp sometimes. And the uh, the technical term for this, what we're referring to, is God's incommunicable attributes. Mm-hmm. So if we break that word down, the in means not communicable, sharing. So these are attributes that God does not share with anyone. He's the only being that has these attributes. And this is what makes God unlike anyone or anything in all creation. These are the attributes that make God, God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the first half of the definition that you brought up, Aaron, right? God's infinite, eternal, unchangeable. That's the first side of the coin. The second half are God's communicable attributes. What were those, if you read through those? Yeah, the second half of the definition is that God is is wisdom, power, his holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And this is just a this is just a sample, right? This is not a comprehensive list, but it's a good sample of ways God is like us because these are um, these are His communicable attributes, or rather, um, then even better, <laughs> how we are like God mm-hmm. in that. And just to root some of these in Scripture, because you know when we were talking about those incommunicable attributes, uh, the ways God's not like us, you see these throughout Scripture. So. Job 11, 7 through 9, talks about how God is infinite. God is eternal. Look at Psalm 90, verse 2, or 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. God is unchangeable. We read about that when uh, I was doing kind of our introduction into here, James 1, 17. Like, there is no shadow or variation due to change in God. So these incommunicable attributes, again, let's, let's ask this question now. Why are these incommunicable attributes so important? Yeah, again, I would say they... If you do not have these attributes, you do not have God. Yeah. These are attributes that uh, no one else can say they have. No one other can God say that, uh, you know, we can't say I'm eternal. I never change. We can't say my lo- love never changes or my compassion never changes. My goodness and truth never change. Only God can say that. And I think an important distinction here, well, it's this, that Christianity is distinct from any other myth or religion in that uh, the claims that are made about God. Mm-hmm. You know, even in examples of like when you speak of myths would be Zeus, for instance. He, mm-hmm. Well, he was always changing, attracted to one woman this minute, repulsed by her next minute, finite, limited in his power. Or Athena, who sprung from Zeus's forehead, like obviously not eternal. So when we're making these claims of God, these are distinct claims that only Christianity can make. Yeah, it, yeah, just to piggyback on that, it made me think, uh, as you were talking about that, Chad, there's a, uh, you know, an ancient myth that uh, sometimes people compare to the Bible and say, oh, you know what, the, the Bible actually just kind of stole from this myth. It's called, uh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but in essence, how the world was created is you have these gods warring against each other, and one god basically destroys another god and all the guts from this other god spill out and that's made up the stuff of our universe right and in there you see oh these gods possess none of the attributes of god these gods are constantly changing they're you know at peace one moment they're furious with each other at another moment these gods can die and be vanquished they're not eternal right um they're they're also finite they're limited meaning you know their their uh way of um, creating the universe is is bound by the ma- 
matter that already exists, whereas God, you see in the Bible, he just speaks. It's created. There's nothing that hinders him. So They're also very moody. Different. They're very oh, moody. totally moody. Yeah. 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 And a lot of their joy. It's like watching daytime, you know, daytime TV show. And and their moods. Yeah, right, Daniel. I know what you're doing from I don't know. Young and the restless. Yeah. Yeah. From nine to three. Oh man, I, I think of the fact too that uh, a lot of the stories, uh, their moods are driven by how people respond to them. Mm-hmm. And so the God of the Scripture is um, is totally different because mm-hmm. we believe in what's called the aseity of God. Another so, incommunicable attribute. Yeah, another yep. incommunicable attribute, which is, th- this is what this means. God is perfectly sufficient, and that means that he doesn't need anything from outside of himself. So other religions, like we just kind of touched, touched on, um, they, they teach that uh, maybe, you know, I'll scratch God's back and, and, and he'll scratch mine. Or, um, you know, I'll put a coin in, in there and, and he'll, he'll give me back what I need. Um, or I'll, I'll give him a cow. He'll bring rain. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give him a yield of my crop and, and maybe he, he'll make my wife fertile. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is not the God of Scripture. God doesn't need anything from us. And he, he doesn't need our offerings. He doesn't need our sacrifices. He doesn't need anything from, uh, from us. But everything he gives is a free gift out of his love and his goodness to us. So even in Christianity, we need to be reminded of this because we can often fall into the trap of thinking that, oh, God helps those who help themselves. So yeah. you need to just contribute something, and then maybe God will help you the rest of the way. Yeah. Right. So go ahead and start helping yourself, and then he'll come down and help you the rest of the way. And, and there's even um, cults uh, of Christianity that, that mm. teach this, and um, it's very detrimental and very damaging, and it really undermines the, the gospel and Scripture and the grace of God. Yeah. So it's important mm-hmm. to remember that God is not only self-sufficient— uh, but there are other communicable attributes, incommunicable attributes as well that are important. Yeah. That are important, and that's uh, another one is that God is immutable, mm-hmm. which just means He's unchanging. We we think in in human terms, but this is this is something different altogether. God's not mad and punishing me for something that I did. No, God's love for you and for me is unchanging. We change in our relationship to God. We change in our relationships with others, but God never changes in his disposition, in his His relationship uh, towards us. And obviously, Tim, we're talking about this to Christians. Yeah, this is for right. believers. Yes, yes. yes. That, that's good. Yeah, if you're in Christ. If in you're Christ. in Christ. Yep. yep. Yeah, your, your security does not rest on God's mood of that day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not, but it also bears repeating. On the other side of it, you could you could just use different terms, right? So God is unchanging for those outside of Christ in that he is uh, vengeful. He is angry. The, he right? will treat them as yep. their sins deserve. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to us, our sin, our disobedience from eternity past, God determined to love and save sinners. Again, God is not... Um, a part of time. He existed before time, and so his his perspective on all of that is very different than our own. Um, and when we look at the cross, we see that our sin had to be punished. All of your sin had to be judged, and mine as well. And all of God's wrath 
has been satisfied because of what Jesus did on the cross. So when we look to the cross, we see from the very beginning that God had a plan to love and save sinners by his grace. And there's nothing we could do to make God God love us any less because he's unchanging. Yeah. He's not Mm -hmm. changing based on what we do or don't do. So the gospel flows out of these attributes, right? Absolutely. God's eternal, immutable, unchanging, right, boundless plan is unfolding in the gospel. Here's what's beautiful about that, the fact that God doesn't change. So we know from Scripture God's perfectly wise, perfectly good, perfectly powerful, which means even with God's plans, we can say they've not changed. God's never mm-hmm. wondering, oh man, this went wrong. What am I supposed to do about this? How do I do a course correction here? No, God's plans are unchanging. And so it's, mm-hmm. uh, we, we just have complete confidence as Christians that uh, his good, wise, perfect plan will always come to fruition. Sometimes you like read Genesis, you know, and, and you could think, okay, God created Adam and Eve, and then they ate from the tree. And if you don't have this view of God, this whole biblical comprehensive view, you're prone to think once Adam and Eve, you know, took from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God's up there like wringing his hands like, what did you do? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, or sometimes when terrible things happen in our life, we're like, right. God, what are you doing? No, he's got an immutable plan. Like it's an unchanging plan, and we can trust it. And the reason we can trust it is because we know the most horrible thing that happened in history, the cross, God actually is orchestrating and did orchestrate it for our good and his glory. I mean, there's nothing more comforting and more important than that. Yeah, it's comforting too because it is steadfast. I think of the common theme mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, the, the word stead, the words steadfast love are used a mm-hmm. lot. Not, I think right. that, that should be something that is used for our comfort and our joy that God is unchanging. Yeah. So maybe another helpful question um, is this, is, is what happens if we don't acknowledge God's incommunicable attributes? So let's just say we just forget them. What harm is done if, if we just forgot about them and just said, you know mm-hmm. what, we, we don't need to know all that fancy stuff. Let's just, yeah. let's just forget about it. Yeah, those are our big uh, you know, seminary terms that you're throwing around. Uh, but I, I think it gets extremely practical very quickly, because if we don't understand God and who he is, as he is, we'll pretty much make God look like us. We'll, we'll create a God of our own that makes sense to us, that fits our desires, that fits the way we think of things. And then we have no God at all. We just have ourselves, and we're left, yeah. left to ourselves. And, and the burden the burden that places on us, because in a sense, we have to play God, right? Yeah. We have to help God out. It's our job uh, to save the day, to change the world, to make things better, to hold all things together. And we, in our humanity, we are not created for that. Yeah. You think of God's incommunicable attributes, too. And, you know, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Aaron. You talked about his communicable attributes, and these two tie together. So when we talk about, let's take one of God's incommunicable attributes, right? His, or sorry, his communicable attributes, his love. If God is not immutably loving, then God's love wouldn't be that great. Mm. Because the only thing we'd have to compare it to is our love. Yeah. Which is finite. Mm. It is changing. Fleeting. Fleeting. Moody. But the reason God's love is actually good is because it's an infinite, eternal, unchanging, self-sufficient love 
from all eternity, right? I mean, that's what makes it so good. And maybe, you know, if I added one extra answer uh, to your question, Aaron, of what's the harm done? R.C. Sproul used to say, every false doctrine comes from a false view of God. So even if you think, you know, take a hot controversial topic today, you know, take the issue of homosexuality. In a lot of ways, we would say, oh, I don't see how homosexuality connects to the doctrine of God and what he's like. But the narrative usually goes like this, right? We've evolved and we know that two people of the same sex can have a committed relationship with one another. Well, really, what's going on underneath that sentiment, that view, is a wrong view of the character of God. What that person is assuming about God is that God is not an eternally wise, unchanging, and righteous God. Mm who, from all eternity, knew what he had to communicate to his people about proper relationships between man and wife, in marriage, sexuality. So because of, because of that, God knows from eternity what the best way relationships work. When we stop remembering this, we begin to think, well, God's changed. You know, our culture's changed. We, we can't continue to rely on what God has revealed in the past. We have to evolve in the way we think about God because we see everything else evolving around us. So, you know, in a weird way, all of these false ways that we can sometimes think about practical outworkings of our faith actually tie back to this very idea of the doctrine of God, which is so important. And if I could add one more thing, it's interesting. Actually, we're running out of time here. We are. Go ahead, Chad. I'll, I'll, I'll make you it take quick. The liberty. When, when we when we talk about the attributes of God, we have to be mindful. We're not putting. And I I've heard this. I'll just play mm-hmm. off something else I've heard or from someone else. It's not us putting God underneath the microscope, right? Yeah. It's trying to understand the God of the Scriptures to put ourselves under the microscope. That's mm-hmm. good. In sanctification. That's good. I'm glad you had time. Yeah. To say that. yeah. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, we did talk about that a few weeks ago. It's like it's not like this anything that we're discussing is putting God in a box, yeah. right? right? A few episodes ago, but it's actually just us understanding how God has revealed himself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good stuff. We're going to have to leave it there, guys. Thank you for speaking on this. If you want to read more on this, uh, a couple resources here. We mentioned one earlier, Theology by Marty Machowski. You can pick that up at Deer Creek Church. We give that away for free. Same thing, we give away for free. Uh, what We Believe, which is a booklet of the Westminster Shorter Catechism and Westminster Confession of Faith. You can find that on our next steps table in the lobby before church on Sunday. Also, Pick up a copy of Knowing God by J.I. Packer. If I had to say there was maybe uh, a theological book that I cut my teeth on, um, I would say it was Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Have either of you guys read that? Yeah. 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 It's a classic. I would have found the same. Very formative book. Really good stuff. So that's all. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Deer Creek. Thank you uh, for joining us for Simply Disciples. Join us again next week as we talk more about God's communicable attributes. See you then.